Hey, well, welcome to the Biofriendly Podcast. We are here now having a show with me and Noel. We're having a show again? <laughs> yes. And we oh. have this time. It's like we no. have to do this every week, Jacob. This I is know. Crazy. It's, it's yeah. like it's just every time I think we're done, there's another one coming. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's wow. this time we not only have one guest, Noel, we have two guests. What? We doubled down. We doubled down. Jacob, can we handle two guests? That seems like like a lot of work for us. Can these two guests handle us is the real question. So right now, we welcome to the BioFriendly Podcast from Conservation X Labs. We have Paul Bungie. Am I saying that right? That last name? Bungie. And then Alex Dagon. Yes. Welcome. Welcome, guys. We're happy to have you here. I feel like you should start off with... In this corner, <laughs> <laughs> I can. This is a. This Wait, is you, that kind of show. In know. this corner, we have Alex Dagon. <laughs> In this corner of Zoom, we have Paul Bungie. This be good. We can replace the, the WWE this way. You know, yeah, totally. as, a, as, an, as, yeah. a, as an essential business. <laughs> No, our audience might think that's that's a joke, but in our in our little uh, our little hangout that we had earlier, we found out that the uh, these two gentlemen both are uh, they got into conservation uh, by their interest in a specific species, yes. and when they get talking about that with each other, it's actually pretty hilarious. They really do. <laughs> it, it is like the WWE when they fight over which is the better of the yes. of the two. Yes. So that might be a good place to start. You think that's Jacob a like to talk about those? Great place to start. I want to hear He's where like these instigating guys instigating fights. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's how we do it. That's they have a backbone. Done. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> you, you, here's, Alex, here's you kick the, things off. Here's, here's the thing about, about Alex. And and he he is, can kick. Alex, <laughs> Alex is so biased to vertebrates that he didn't even know that Madagascar has one of the largest number of land snail species anywhere in the world. Hadn't even heard of it. Like, overlooked them. Even care. They're gorgeous. They're also, you know... <laughs> You get one island. My snails got the oceans. They got the land. They got the rivers. Ecologically important. What do you? What do they? What do your lemurs do? They hop like silly ways. <laughs> this is the this is the fireworks this show needed, man. That's, that's just that. It. It's great. Lemurs versus snails. So, so I mean, snails are not only not cool, but they're <laughs> gross. They they reproduce by sending out love darts. Well, those are wait, the wait, cool wait, 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 wait. They whoa, reproduce whoa. by sending out love darts? Well, not all of them, but yeah, these really cool, these really cool snails in the in well, actually all over, but but in particular in the southwest of the United States. They, so they're hermaphrodites, right? They're walking through the grass. They, Isn't they're hermaphrodites. So they they their snail sex is all kinds of freaky uh, when 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 you can go whichever way and and uh, and they've got these love darts that people aren't they like little calcium darts they shoot into the flesh of their partner in, in, the, in the middle of Maine. And their partner can be either either sex. So they're hermaphrodite. They have no sex. So it's just love dart back and forth. No, it's, it's, it's all sexes. I mean, it's, it's, all it's, it's like the best of both worlds they've got. This is you guys remember Love Darts by the B-52s? Love Darts, <laughs> baby, Love Darts. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of a win for snails. Like yeah, the Love Darts system, cool. that's, that's pretty Alex rad. is not having that at all. Well, <laughs> before we get, get more into that, I want to give the audience a little bit of background because that was such a good startup. I want to give a little <laughs> audience a little background on Conservation X, X Labs, how it came to be. And then, yeah, I, I want to hear a little bit more about kind of your journeys 
coming together as friends and partners in this in this whole thing. So oh, we're so, not friends. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, sure. where'd, you, where'd you get that impression? From? <laughs> <laughs> just, just like there's me. There's a reason we work on opposite Some, coasts. Right, just, he's in LA. I'm in BC. That is very purposeful. Yes. I, look, so long as it works, so long as we're getting the conservation I'm done. I'm pissed off just looking at him right now. <laughs> That's All obvious. Right. No, some, some conservation X labs. All of Alex's home computers. Back it up. <laughs> uh, conservation X labs. How did uh, how did you guys get into this? What what inspired getting it started? Go, Alex. No, go, Paul. <laughs> After you. <laughs> Uh, well, we were we were on a, 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 a nature walk and saw a vision uh, coming through. The, no, we didn't really. That would be cool, though. I wish we had. A, I wish we were like we were like starving in the desert. After yeah. we were, we've been we've been walking without water for several days, and and uh, uh, the vision came to us of Conservation X Labs and how we could end it the sixth mass extinction. Giant lemur and a giant snail that came from the heavens and with robot voices. Conservation is done. All wrong. Uh, all right, here, let me tell you. Let me tell you the origin story that I like, and then I want okay. Alex to pick it up because there's there are great stories in here. Okay. I I was working at the EPA. I did live in DC for a while before uh, before it it, it it spit me up or eat me up and chew me up, chew me up and spit me out. We live literally across the street, but we didn't know each other. Wow. So so really? I'm I'm working at the EPA, and and, and uh, the EPA does uh, our our office does a training session, and they decide to do it on Bourbon Street in New Orleans for some okay. reason. I'm not sure why this is the way things work, but this is probably a little insight into our federal government. And uh, uh, it was very funny because, you know, after the second or the third day of the training session, fewer and fewer people would arrive that morning. Of course. Except for me, it's the guy who was new, you know, had been a scientist. I was like, no, you got to be there on time. And these, these, these lifers there, they, they were learning otherwise. Well, um, I was getting slower and slower by the end of the week because it's really hard not to drink too many hurricanes in, in my, in, uh, New, in New Orleans. And, uh, and I was, I was walking behind the group and stopped to catch a, a soccer match that was on, that was on TV outside of one of the bars. And another guy that worked in, in my office, uh, a guy named Clay, uh, stops as well. And we start bonding over soccer because it's not, you know, this is years ago. It's not quite as, uh, as popular as, as one would like it to be. Um, and, uh, and so we get to know I each other. It. Just for the, and for the it record. turns out, uh, that it turns out that, um, Clay had just gotten back from Afghanistan, where he had been detailed to the State Department to help them set up their Environmental Protection Agency. Um, Alex's computer just crashed. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was no, gonna it say, seems like it disappeared for a minute. So I was like, he does not like your story so much that he loved the call. He was like, this is total BS. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just he left the building. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. We'll get him back. Let's, we'll let's get him back. Let's continue on. We'll, we'll yeah. finish your story. And if he doesn't... Uh, I'll tell all the stories then. I'll tell all his stories because they're the good ones. Sounds good. Well, so Alex had had, uh, also been in Afghanistan during that time. He was working for the Wildlife Conservation Society where he was actually doing things like like not only helping to set up that environmental protection agency, but setting up the first national park. This is in the middle of the war, in the middle of the Afghanistan war. He's helping to to set up ways of tracking down and understanding the snow leopard, which is one of the most amazing – creatures on the planet in this area called the Wuhan that's like I've never been I have no idea I'm like that I'm not that guy uh, mm-hmm. Alex is that dude and and but when you look at this place it's it's like one of the hardest places in the world to get to and of course the roads are all mined and they're you know and and he he, he, he so Alex wrote a book about it plug since he's not on here uh, okay. that came out last year um, called the snow leopard project and it's amazing because the first chapter is bird watching with the Taliban and wow. that just gives you a sense of like wow. 
of like of like the craziness that that's going on in here. But um, so Clay and I get get to be talking and friends, and I'm hearing about what Clay's doing, and he and he mentions this guy Alex, uh, who, as Alex said, happens to live just down the street uh, from me, like right across the street in in DC. Um, and so we hit it off, hit up, hit up, hit up a, a friendship and decided, well, we, you know, we had, the other thing was we, we both had these interests in totally disrupting the way environmental conservation worked, uh, just recognizing that it was like slow and, 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 and a little bit backwards and far too often technophobic. And, uh, and so th- that, that started, and this was like 12 years ago. So it took a lot longer before we actually started conservation X labs, but that was the real genesis of like, Hey, you and I see the world kind of the same way. We need to do some big things in in, in order to protect the, the you know the, the planet and to actually end human caused extinction, the sixth mass extinction that we're in. Yeah. Um, what can we do? And so there's a whole bunch more journey that I'm happy to ta- tell, but you, we can also pause and, and like you guys can ask some questions about how it is then that CXL because of course that was years before we both started. We had lots of other jobs in between, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Right. Somehow so I ended up in cool. LA. You know. CXL. Um, what? So what is the I guess what would be like the, 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 the major drive behind or the major purpose, or like if you were to describe what is CXL about to our audience, how would you, how would you go about so that? So Conservation X Labs, we, we, we do two things. One, we harness a global crowd, brilliant people from all over, every, uh, all over the world, but also every background or industry, and help them create new innovations, set those up, and get them to scale. And the other half is that we build those things ourselves. So we build new products, new tools, spin them out, things that can actually help address. And then what we focus on is what we call addressing the real root causes of the problems, not just the symptoms, like what, you know, oh my gosh, that, that forest is disappearing. But why is the forest disappearing? Is yeah, it for, right. for, for cattle production or soy production for, to feed cattle? Uh, is it, is it the, the artisanal gold mining that's happening that's stripping the Amazon bear? Uh, and then, and then targeting exactly what those those things are. And so, Conservation X Labs really works at the frontier of both innovation and technology to help stop the sixth mass extinction by getting at those un- underlying drivers. That's great. And that's that is why amazing. Alex is uh, is one of the finest people you'll ever meet. He's generous to a fault, kind. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what, not you, what you were saying. That's it's what you were saying. Time. Exactly right. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Alex. So we, we got we got half the story uh, about mostly about Bourbon Street and boozing and, and uh, you know craziness and hurricanes and, and, and a lot of stuff. But but uh, so uh, no, but but it's interesting. We were just talking about uh, what what CXL is about and, and how you go about things. And, and one of the things that uh, came up that I found really interesting is uh, you're saying that at the, at the time you're finding that environmentalism and the, how people approached it was kind of technophobic. I did, can you do you mind following up on that? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 at that time, I think people, honestly, there's, I, I uh, obviously, did, you know, speaking of technophobic, my f- computer literally decided to kill itself, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. Like, I think it's yes, people that are yes, your computers right. like taking technophobic. You know? point. <laughs> All right. But, um, but I mean, there's a whole series of problems, right? We like to pretend in conservation that humans are nowhere near nature. Right. We literally are trying to restore the world. We have this image that we have a national park. It is as if Adam and Eve are still around. Right. It is the most right. pristine thing. There is not a place that we haven't actually modified or changed. Right. We actually work against human behavior rather than harness it. We are afraid of markets because they're inherently bad. You know, and then on technology, they also just assume that like, anything dealing with tech was the source of the problem when mm-hmm. in fact tech is neutral it is a tool that we can use 
however we choose to use it. If we choose not to use it, we lose the opportunities and in particular the leverage that it brings us to be able to do more with what we have at a greater scale. And just given the speed and the scale of the problems that we are facing, we need to have better tools, exponential tools, because those problems are increasing with population growth uh, yeah. and have those tools available to us. Uh, and that's what technology allows us to do. It is both technology and innovation and the increased connectivity that we have allow us to supercharge conservation. You know, it's it's uh, you're you're you're, uh, you're you're speaking our language here. It's it's one one thing that we talk about a lot is is the uh, the need for innovation as part of solving the problem. That it really there's there's nothing wrong with being inventive. There's nothing wrong with creating something better that replaces something that's not working. That can also be harmonious with the environment and with our causes. So that's. Well, let, let, I mean, let, 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 put a fine point on it. Let's give you an example of one of the one of the things that's doing the most damage mm. to nature, which is which is fossil fuel, fuels, right? Right. I mean, um, but of or course, fossil fools. Those fossil fools are really bad. They're the worst. But they have a great band. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance to go check them out, <laughs> got to check out well, fossil and, and fools. Right, we're right now in the middle of this pandemic, right? And we're right. seeing what we estimate this year is going to be eight percent lower carbon emissions. Right. So first of all, eight percent is a lot, but nowhere near enough, right? Right. And that's with individuals basically staying home, right? The, the, the streets are empty, uh, airplanes have stopped flying, all of these sorts of things. But what that goes to show is you don't just turn off the economy right. uh, because this is, it has all these, this is a horrible way to, to solve environmental problems <laughs> through, through a pandemic. People yeah. die, economies crash, everyone's out of work. I mean, it's just a massive disruption. Yeah, sure. When fossil fuels, when oil was first discovered, you know what it replaced? Kerosene, which came from whale oil, right? So, right. so the entire whaling industry collapsed as a result of Rockefeller and the other oil barons discovering oil and, and switching over to, to fossil oil, right? Yeah. That was a conservation win in many respects, right? Because there was no more market for whales. And right. at the time, of course, well, there were some physicists that actually knew what would happen by burning all those fossil fuels and, and, and projected what we're seeing with climate change. But what right. that means is, is today, you're exactly right. We have to be inventive. We're not going to turn the economy off. We need to do is turn on a renewable economy, and it's already right. happening, right? And Alex yeah. mentioned exponentials. The growth of, of solar power and wind power and other renewables has been phenomenally exponential, like faster technologically than even even computer processors have been o over yeah. time in terms of their, right. their, their improvement. It's, it's, so that's that's the good story. We, we can do way more of that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's that's... That's kind of the bottom line, isn't it? If we, if, we, if we actually acknowledge that it is a problem and look at what can be done to make things better, because you can do it. You, you really can. Like, if you look at a lot of switches that go towards a more sustainable solution, oftentimes it actually is easier and better in many, in many respects. And I think that people don't always realize that. I think that, that can sometimes be an issue for some people switching well, over. That's one of the things we talk about a lot here is, I do this. It's, just try this. It won't be as bad as you think. Totally. You know? Well, change is hard, though. I, I get that, right? But that's. But we're smart enough now and, and have enough tools at our disposal to be able to create solutions and be aware of the potential negative consequences, and then and then avoid them. Like I mean, we, where we should be anyway. We we, we don't always sure. get that good at it, but but we have the capacity as humans to do that. Sure, yeah. and we're going to make mistakes along the way. Um, and, and when we make, oh, we lost them again. It's another computer destruction for Alex. <laughs> this computer oh, wants no part of this show. <laughs> He's like, no, this is garbage. Uh, no, um, well, I was on a, I was, I, I was on a roll there, but, but I think it, it all, it all disappeared. So we'll just move on to the next. To well, the next, I kind of wanted topic. to know some of the things that you guys are working on. I know you just recently had a, you know, ideathon uh, not too long ago, and I want to know some of the projects that Conservation X Labs has rolling right now because uh, it's always exciting to hear about that so 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. So we, so like I said, a bun, a, a big part of our work is how we empower a crowd of, of innovators, including sure. people that, you know, weren't originally in this field of, we call conservation, but you know, they might be engineers or architects or something else. And so we do, we do things like, like the ideathon, which was this re- so that came out of a program we have called the Connex Tech Prize, which is a small prototyping competition that says, here's, uh, put up your idea. You don't have to have anything built. Just give, give us an idea. Top 20 ideas, get $3,500 to build out a prototype. And then nice. the best of those prototypes gets 20 grand to keep, to keep, uh, keep developing. Uh, and, it's, and it's a way of saying, like, look, start with, sometimes all you need to start with is a good idea and you need a little bit of seed money. And so one of the things that we're testing, though, we like to innovate on innovation, is where do those good ideas come from? And can we make those right. better by, by, by supporting collaboration? So we did at the, uh, during Earth Week last week, there was this fantastic conference put on by the Smithsonian that we helped to work with called Earth Optimism, which we love the title, obviously, because we're uh, optimists. Yeah. And at the very end of that, on Saturday, uh, we, we uh, Conservation X Labs, did this idea-thon on the back end of Earth Op- Optimism, had over 150 people all day, all over the world, like 30 countries. There was a team in Australia and Hong Kong that were up until 6 a.m. or something, and they went for like six hours straight. These teams that had never met each other before got into these rooms all digitally, all virtually, and, and, were, and would, would work through problems and identify potentially new, interesting solutions to those. And, we're, and, and next, you know, we want them to submit those to the Connex Tech Prize, see where those go. But it's, what's fa- fascinating is the ideas these folks come up with to solve things like plastics or wildlife trafficking were clever, interesting, novel um, and, and, and when you get a lot of ideas like that, the potential for one of them to just be genius increases, you know, a hundred percent, right? You, you just, you, you, you're using that power of the genius in the crowd, um, to get this. Yeah. Let me give you some examples of projects out of other things that, that I just love. We, we've run a couple of times a competition called Make for the Planet. Uh, the first one was at the first Earth Optimism Conference in D.C. when it was physical and people actually showed up in a place. Sure. And we built a, like, a makerspace, a makeshift makerspace in the middle of the Ronald Reagan building in D.C. and had people uh, 3D printing, like soldering boards together, creating like apps over the course of three days, right? From, from uh, you know, here's a problem to prototypes in three days. And then we went, and as Alex tells us better than I do, but he, as he likes to say, we decided that was too easy, so we decided to do the next one in Borneo. I think he wanted to go like to Alex Borneo. From, yeah. Well, it's, it is, right? Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is like uh, hard problems. Like, they're good. Yeah. But uh, that one turned out you know, even better, of course, right? Because that's yeah. you know, sometimes when faced with a great challenge, you, you step up. And there were ideas out of there, like um, one that we, we all love is called Lobster Lift. So this was actually actually a group of engineers out of out of uh, the U.S. that were looking at the problem with whale entanglement. So these lobster traps in in uh, off the coast of Maine and, and Massachusetts and such, they have these long ropes that go down to the trap and up to a, a buoy on the surface. And right whales, in particular, a highly endangered species, will get trapped and and, and killed in these okay. in these ropes. So they invented a, a completely ropeless. Uh, trap that uses this really clever uh, sonar-based uh, key locking key mechanism uh, oh, that, wow. that gets away entirely of that, and has these benefits that only the fisher, only the lobster fishers, know where they are, so nobody can steal their traps, and they can potentially wow. communicate whether they're full or not. So you don't have to pull them up until they've actually the, the pots have been have been filled with lobster. So it's like all of these really cool things. And again, that was like four days that they came up wow. with this crazy cool idea that has all of these potential win-wins, and they're continuing to, to iterate on that idea, which I just think is, is amazing. That is a perfect example of what we were just talking about right there. Yeah, about, it really about is. About solving a problem with a sustainable solution that's better. That, yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. That exactly. Is, yeah. 
and That's the technology that can alert somebody on like to let them know that something's in the cage without having to bring it up and like just the fact that our technology is at a place now where it can be used in such smart ways, sufficient ways, you know? That's fascinating. Yeah, well, and, and like, the costs have come down that you can do this. Like, you know, you know, weekend. You can you can buy the sensors and the you know the the Raspberry Pi to control it and all these kinds of things, and that's what they do. It's cool. Yeah. And that, that's again, this is like like what you guys are doing. I mean, this is what's kind of exciting about about what's happening now in the world is that because there's so much attention on sustainability, even on you know less less so on conservation, in my opinion, I think there needs to be more attention on conservation. But um, that there's there, because there's more attention to it, you are getting more people thinking about it. And I mean, we're we're smarter than we look, people. We we can be really. <laughs> you know? We totally can. Yeah. Well, and the, you know, people say this all the time, but we see it in our in all of our our programs, our competitions, our collaboration. But younger generations get this implicitly. Right. I mean, they it's they they don't even they don't even have to, you know, convince themselves that you can uh, do well by doing good or that you can have these win wins. They they just presume that's the only way to build things now. Right. And right. They're, and they're and they're off and running. And it's incredible. I mean, cause they're smart. They're smarter than I am. So, you know, and, and, and they've got this dedicated view of the way the world should be that is better for everybody. It's yeah. just it, it's super inspiring. Yeah. It's very it's, inspiring. It's cool to see. And it's it's cool that you guys are supporting that. That's that's uh, that's that's. One of the things that excited us about having you on the show, and it excited us when we met Barbara, uh, you know, at the at the conference, we were just like, "This, you guys are incredible. This is really, this is, yeah. this is what we need," you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I want one question in particular that I was curious about is, has COVID affected conservation in any way? Has have people be like, getting people out of the way? Has that had an effect on on conservation as we know it, or do you know yet? Or uh, I mean, I don't think we know. Honestly, okay. and I think that's, you know, in my opinion, I'd love to hear Alex, is, he's going to jump on here in a sec it, it, as well. Well, there's two, two things about it. Number one, now there is a recognition that what we do to the environment can be done to us, right? This, this coronavirus, this novel coronavirus came out of a wet market in Wuhan where, where they sell live animals, yeah. uh, right? And jumped from, from bats via pangolins or some, some combination of their, right? But, but because humans are, are, have, are consuming and, and trading wild animals and those wild animals have these zoonotic diseases that can jump out. The same thing was true of MERS, the first SARS virus, mm -hmm. Ebola, um, which came out of, out of bushmeat trade, right? People going into the forest and, and, and collecting, collecting meat. Right. Um, so I think at minimum, it's, 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 clarified for a lot of people and you're seeing a lot in the news media and such a recognition that if we not only is there the long-term consequences that some people just ignore like climate change but we can cause a pandemic through our own actions today that that, that is entirely preventable that 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 protecting nature means protecting us and that, like alex said earlier right this presumption that we're somehow separate and you can create a wall and only have the resources coming our direction is insane right. it goes right. both directions Right. Um, the other question, you know, you see a lot of this, like, especially with the, the videos on, on Twitter or Instagram or something of like wildlife taking over cities and, and clean, clean air in the skies and these yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think we know yet yeah, to your point, what, what the long-term effects are going to be, but I do think we have a choice and I think we should engage in a, in a broad society wide conversation about what we want our economy to look like coming out of this. Do we want nature to have a place? Do we want to live in, in cities with clean air and less traffic and, 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 and organisms, you know, other, other species able to actually uh, be a part of, of even our urban fabric? Do we want to keep, keep denuding lands far away when we may not need to? Like, I, think, I think now is the perfect time for us to ask, because the economy has crashed, 
Yeah. Right? What do we want it to look like afterwards? And I really, we do have the tools. We can. It's not that we're lacking imagination. It's right. a matter of, of, of political will. And I'm, I'm hopeful, I guess, that uh, that this will lead to 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 more and more people saying, no, you know what? I, I like a lifestyle that's that, that that involves that includes nature and is healthier for me at yes. the same time. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do that. <laughs> let's not yeah, yeah. let's not return to the old ways. Yeah. Well, one yeah. thing I've noticed, and I, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of other people I've, I've I've talked to have also noticed is just people being kind of out more, but not out to go. I mean, it's just just walking, just going out, walking around the street. And looking at the trees, and just kind of being out and about, checking appreciating it. Appreciating it. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's helpful, and I, I'm hoping that in kind of what, what I'm hearing with these these first stages of reopening is that we'll start to perhaps get to see some some of the national parks again, um, yeah, maybe nice. some of these trails, and and that would be terrific because I think that people kind of with nothing else to do, getting out there and being in it, you know, yeah. in nature, seeing what's seeing what's out there, seeing what what we're missing out on, that that might also help in that cause. It is remarkable what this has done to us as a people psychologically about how we feel about outside. That whole idea is something that most of us never thought could be taken away. In our lifetime, we didn't we didn't have an experience where, where all of a sudden it was like, you can't go out. And to have that happen, I think you are absolutely right. We will we will emerge with such a better understanding of how precious it is and that that uh, that protecting nature and the environment and animals and the world is is a is the top of the priority list. It should be number one. So um, I, I think I think it's it's going to be interesting to see. I wanted to ask um, a little bit too about when we met you guys the first time. There were some really fun stories. I was hoping that Alex could share um, yeah, some of his adventures, but you might have to be the one who uh, who does he shares his stories. Yeah, shares he's telling his me stories his until he returns because I'd love to hear some of those. Completely crashed right now, so uh, he, he may not he may not come back. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Oh, that, that's all right. That's okay. I mean, we you know the cool thing is we had a we had an appearance by him, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 that's our celebrity cameo for the yeah. Uh, he was our show. cameo of the episode. He's he's elusive. You never know when he's going to show up. <laughs> just just long enough to scream about vertebrae and then off yeah, he goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's good. yeah so uh, well, since since you have the you know you're, you're you've now got the floor. Yeah. You, Can you, you tell us how? Why snails? I just I, I've got to know why, why snails. Yeah. Um, honestly, because I was interested in the questions. Like I, I, I uh, you know, most people they, they they love nature for something charismatic and all the rest of this. And I think I've always loved it because it's so damn interesting. Like it's yeah. just fascinating. And so I, I I've always been interested in, in invertebrates simply because they they are not as well studied. As, right. as as vertebrates, um, my first uh, my first paper was actually on a group of organisms called brachiopods, which probably no one has ever heard of. That are these n- now mostly deep sea uh, things that that look like clams but aren't kind of thing. They're completely different phylum, and and so cool. uh, so I'm interested in those kinds of weird things and how they and I was interested in how they evolved and why there were so many species in various places. Now the cool thing is. I'm not dumb, so I picked a group of snails that does not live in North America and had to go to the South Pacific yes. and to Europe and the Middle East to do all of my studying. So, yeah. that, you know, nice. I wasn't... Uh, you you know, didn't pick the Toledo snails. I didn't pick the Toledo snail. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very much like, okay, I've got to do a summer in Tahiti, and I have to do a summer in Samoa, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then I had to do a, a year in, in Europe and, uh, and uh, the Middle East. And so yeah. that was... It was smart. It worked out okay. It yeah, was smart. It was, it was a good smart. adventure. <laughs> yeah, and there, well, it, the good thing is it does produce some some adventures. So one of my favorite stories was um, 
I was in the Ukraine, and we're in southern Ukraine, and I, and I had hired a member of the National Academy of Sciences of the Ukraine because he hadn't been paid in, like, six months because right. it was there, right? So he becomes, like, my, my field guide all around, and we hire a driver uh, with us. And, um, and so we're driving all around, and it's getting late one night, and we're, we're, uh, we're, we're deep south Ukraine outside of Odessa, and, uh, and we, we need a place to stay. But we found this great site for collecting these snails, and we don't know where we are. It's down some dirt road. When all of a sudden, uh, this totally drunk Ukrainian dude shows up out of like out of the dusk, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and they start talking, and then he gets in the back seat with me. Stinks to high heaven. This completely, and we, and, and he starts directing us, and we're driving up, and we end up at some like ramshackle house. Um, uh, uh, Alexei, my, my 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 the guy I'm working with says. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this is the this is the the warden of this region. I was like, what the hell does this mean? What are we doing? <laughs> and they grab some keys, and the warden takes us down. You know, and the, and now the, the drunk guy's walking in front of the car to lead us to where we're going. Somehow this, he has some authority. This drunk guy, I don't know what he's doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and we end up stopping, and all I see is this sign, straight out of the Soviet Union, okay. with this like stern-looking nurse. And I'm going, what does this say? And Alexei says, oh, that says the health of the nation is its strongest uh, defense or something like this. Okay. So we end up staying the night in an abandoned Soviet sanatorium, right? Oh, my Which gosh. Which creepy as hell. Oh, for right? sure. Like, 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 you know, can't, the, the bed was on, there were like three beds. One of them only had stacks of bricks for legs. And that was the one I got. Apparently, that was the nice one. Super rickety. I guarantee I got all the bed bugs. The toilet oh had been used but was non-functional. Uh, oh, so no. that was that was that was really sketchy. <laughs> this uh, is a horror we had film. To get, we, we had to get water out of a well, like literally one of those wells that like you know Timmy would fall down and Lassie yeah, would have yeah, to like yeah, sure. like with a bucket and a crank and all the rest of this, <laughs> which I'd never seen. I didn't know they existed. Yeah. And uh, and then watched television on the world's largest television I've ever seen. Like imagine what the Soviets would build if they built a television. Yeah. It's got, it was as, as big as a van, like that had, had, you know, the worst resolution all in black yeah. and white. It's, it curved out at this crazy angle. It looked like a giant parabolic mirror sort of thing. And, <laughs> and that evening we're watching this and, 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 and my, my, my two guys are really excited because I, as a grad student was earning so much money compared to them that we were having beers and eating sausage for dinner. And they were like, this is the life. We're, we're living, living the dream. I'm going to die. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That is sales get you into trouble too. This is the good yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't realize, right? They don't realize. Scientists get into trouble. Anybody that's ever been in the field knows. Like, it, it goes left, right, and center all the time, man. It's, it ain't, oh, it ain't a straight great. path. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're kind of coming towards the end. So, yeah. one, one thing I wanted to, to, I wanted to have you kind of explain because we, we touched on it in the show, but we haven't. We've purposely actually held off since we spoke a couple months ago. But the uh, the sixth mass extinction. Do you mind walking the audience through why this one in particular is unusual, and also totally. um, what that all means? You know, how, what the other extinctions were and the difference. Totally. So um, a mass extinction event is something that happens in the Earth's history that leads to the vast majority of species going extinct. And most of us are familiar with the, the, the da- dinosaurs. So the, that was called the, the end Cretaceous or the KT extinction. Uh, that was the most recent until now. Uh, the dinosaurs all, all went extinct except for birds, which are, have evolved from dinosaurs, and a whole lot of other things, including ammonites, these really cool like shelled mollusks that looked like squid with shells and giant things, et cetera. 
Uh, and there were four other previous ones going all the way back uh, to to the the end of the Permian about 245 million years ago. So these are all ancient ancient history, and you know people have studied them forever. In between mass extinctions, things go extinct all the time, right? New species sure. arise, and some species go extinct. And and that that rate, that background rate, uh, as we call it, that background extinction rate is is generally pretty low. And actually, it's been it's been decreasing over the entire history of life on Earth since since the Cambrian explosion, okay. like 500 million years ago. Um, but now what we're seeing today is rates of extinction that are 1,000 to 10,000 times higher than that background rate of extinction. Now, to put that in, in perspective, that is significantly wow. more than even the Permian, the worst extinction, when 99, more than 99% of all species on Earth went extinct, and more than the, the end of the Cretaceous when the dinosaurs did. That rate, in other words, the speed yeah. with which things are, are disappearing from our planet yeah. is so high as to be almost unimaginable. And it's happened over really just a few hundred years. So the, wow. the, that's why the rate, the pace is so compressed, right? Mostly these mass extinctions take place over a few million years. Right. You can see them in the fossil record. This is going to look like a complete transformation of Earth uh, in an instant in the, in the fossil record. The worst thing about this is it's the only mass extinction, now the sixth mass extinction, to have ever happened as the result of a single species. Right? The dinosaurs and that extinction happened because of an asteroid that hit the Earth. Uh, the, the end of the Permian because of massive volcanic eruptions and changes in the, in the, in the shape of, of land masses on the planet. But right now, humans, through things like habitat destruction, consuming resources, climate change, yeah. pollution, all of these things we're doing to the planet are driving species extinct faster than we can even describe them before we can even, even find them. There are things that have existed on this, on this planet for hundreds of thousands and millions of years that we'll never know existed because they've now, they've now disappeared without, without us ever, ever seeing, seeing them. So what that means is, is um, you know, we, we are in a catastrophe of our own making, but we are also at the beginning of, I think, the revolution away from that to transform our Earth and stop what we're doing that's bad and create the solutions that will end that cis mass extinction. If we're causing it, we have the power to solve it. Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we also live, in my mind, in one of the most interesting times in history because we have so much knowledge about this stuff. We understand the processes. We understand what, what's causing these. We also have so many tools at our disposal, right? We've got, I love the crowd when I, when I talk about them because half of the world, billions of people are now connected to the internet. That means, good Lord, there, you don't know the number of geniuses that are, that, are, that are out there in the world that now can help solve the problem if we can turn them onto this. Yes. And we have cheap tools, cheap sensors, computers that can help us model things that we, that we need to model them. Uh, we, we have the resources now. We actually even have the wealth if we just spent it correctly right. to totally turn around what we've done and create uh, a world that's, that thrives for humans and thrives for nature. And I think, you know, like, let's turn off the sixth mass extinction faster than we turned it on. It's possible. We can do it. It'll make the world a better place. And we'll get to see, we'll get to see, you know, nature thriving in all of its glory in, in a way that, that I think we're seeing right now is, is just, you know, is phenomenal. Like you, like you said, people like to get out and see, see, see the stars at night and, and, and walk through the trees. And I think we'll all be better off when us and our children, our children's children and our, and, and future generations are left with a planet that's not, not devoid of the wonder of life that, that we, we, were, we were gifted. That's amazing. I, I, uh, if we had written a script for you to follow and then, and then put, directed you through it 17 times to get just the right performance, it wouldn't have been better than that. That was fantastic. <laughs> it was great. No, it was it's because we, we have this thing we do um, when, when, there's, when there's something tough we, like, we have to talk about. Because generally, you know, our... our 
our audience and who we're trying to speak to are, are people who maybe haven't taken a look initially at environmentalism as, as important or, or sustainability, but who are, are trying to, you know, reach out and be like, okay, so what is this? And to, so we, we don't often hit them with the hard stuff. And when we do, we call it a bummer run. Um, <laughs> and what's great, what's great about a bummer run is you, you always want to end it with, with, uh, with, with something happy, with something yeah. like, what's the possibility? What, what can we do? And you totally did, which totally was just so it. rad. And, uh, well, then so I, I hope you all that. of those people, cause I, I, you know, I don't know how to solve everything, but I guarantee one of your listeners is like, well, I got a dumb idea. I'm guessing it's not a very dumb idea. Yeah. Like bring exactly. it to us, right? We have, yeah. We have a, what we call a digital makerspace where you can uh, set conservationx.com and you can literally just float your idea out there, get feedback, identify people that you will work on this with you, uh, you know, build build the next. We had one that came out of this. It's really cool app that's like a Yelp for sustainability. How do you make sure that these businesses are sustainable, right? That's awesome. That's Hook so up cool. with the right app developers, all the rest of this. Yeah. I don't have to do anything because, you know, there's smarter people in the world to do that, that amazing yeah. work. Right, um, you just give them a platform, which is yeah. wonderful. That's it. We're so that's glad it. And we can create that future. Yeah. Conservationx.com, you said that's how they can yeah. find you? Yeah. So I, I want to encourage everybody who listens to the show to definitely seek it out. And do you have an upcoming event that they should look for, like down the road, the months ahead? Yeah, we, uh, we, we've got some pretty exciting things that are coming. We'll see if they're okay. virtual or not. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see where we, we are. are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right now, we're running an artisanal mining grand challenge. So artisanal mining is this crazy thing you wouldn't think of, right? We're using all of these computers right now. All of those, the, all the gold and the, and the titanium and the platinum and, and other rare earth metals that are in your phone or in your computer and such, a lot of those come from places like the Congo Basin and the Amazon. Uh, that, and, and a lot of those actually come through small-scale mining. We think of like big, giant quarries and large you know, multinational corporations. But about 40% of the gold in the world actually comes from these really small operations oh. where there are, uh, you know, impoverished people coming in using mercury and cyanide. They're standing in barrels of mercury to, to, to oh. extract the gold. They're clear-cutting forest in the Amazon to take, to take down uh, the forest and then, and then stripping all of the, the soil. And then when they, when they leave, uh, you, you know, and move on, you just have these, these toxic polluted messes of lakes and things like this that are just yeah. horrifying right and and none of us ever see that right i didn't know about right. this problem until we started working on it so we put out this challenge to anybody in the world and, and right now the, they're being judged the finalists are being uh, are being evaluated to see if there's ways we can clean up those operations but still give those people a chance to make to make make a buck right this this yeah. is an economic livelihood issue as well yeah if there's ways that we can actually illuminate the supply chain so that like you and i know if we're buying you know buying a, a special person a, a gold necklace that, that that it's not it's not also contributing to the demise of the amazon and the, the sickness of of a poor miner That's yeah and and ways that, that that we can that we can then use and shape data into something to, to create new solutions or or more effective ways of, of protecting the environment and still gain the resources that we all need for modern life. Um, so that we're going to award this fall. Those winners are going to come out of it. We're going to see some amazing. I've already seen some of the. Can't talk about what they are yet, but some of the sure, ideas sure. that have come out are really freaking cool. Like just clever, interesting, novel, like you know, and and things that could scale really quickly. So. We uh, stay tuned for, for when we announce that. We were going to do it in September um, around the United Nations General Assembly, which may not happen. So we don't know exactly how, how, what the yeah. format will be. Uh, everything's but, so fluid right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we, we hope, you know, even if it was in person, we would live stream it. And we'd, want, we'd want people to, to come and, and see what it is. And yeah. shortly thereafter, we're actually going to launch a new grand challenge as well. So stay tuned for that because that will be a chance for anybody who wants to solve another big, giant environmental problem to jump in and throw their, throw their hat in the ring. Well, that thank is you so, so cool. much. Yes. We, we, we loved having you on. We love what you guys are doing. Uh, we're, we're really, really excited about all of that. We're, we're excited to support you in any way we can. Uh, so, 
you know, let us know if you need to come back on or you want to talk about anything. We'd love to have you both. Maybe next time Alex can stay on the call. Well, <laughs> I actually I got an email. Well, you got to we're... get Alex's stories. So we yes. got to get yes. him back on just for his crazy Plus, stories. Because as of today, snails are winning one to nothing because well, yeah. yes. I just didn't hear much snails, about snails. About I mean, honestly, so. you, you <laughs> he forfeited. Um, <laughs> no, we uh, I got an email from Alex while while, you know, we were wrapping things up here and he just said, you know, wasn't able to get the, the machine up and running. So I think that that just means we have to have you guys back um, we'll on because we're just starting to crack the surface uh, on a lot of this great stuff and it was well, such a fun awesome. episode. We'd love, yeah. to, we'd love to come back and, and, and keep chatting. It's too much Let's fun. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. So awesome. I'm so glad you were here. Uh, should we let him go so he doesn't have to sit through us uh, doing our tags at the <laughs> yes, end? Yes, yes, for <laughs> sure. So yeah, thank you for stopping by. We're going to do our little wrap-up deal yeah. deal now. But but uh, yeah, thank you again, everybody. ConservationX.com. Yes. Uh, please check it out, and, and uh, if you have any good ideas, that's where you'd submit them. Uh, yep. And yeah, keep keep up the great work. Keep Go awesome. snails! Thanks. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Go snails! We're winning. <laughs> yes. We'll talk Thanks, you soon, all. Paul. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So what Jacob, a show. yes. How, how I how awesome was that? I mean, so awesome. So right? awesome. I was kind of geeking out. Weren't you a yeah. little bit? Weren't uh, you geeking totally. out? I was geeking totally. out. I was just like, oh, I could listen all day. This is great. Great. I know. We didn't even, we didn't even get to hear from Alex, so we were totally, I know. I know. totally involved. It was amazing. Yeah. I know. But we'll, bring, we'll get him back. So we'll for get those of back. you who missed out, he's got some great stories. He had, he's had an Indiana Jones-like life, uh, Alex. Yes. So you do need to hear what he's been up to, and we'll, we'll bring him back on so you guys can all check that out. But... In the meantime, I think we've been your beacon of light in a gloomy environment. Um, more than just charismatic megafauna. Uh, now featuring greater parasympathetic nerve activity. Nature is perfect. Look at eggs. Uh, dolphins. What do they do? They don't. Dolphins don't quit. That's right. right. You got it. <laughs> Dolphins you don't, don't quit. quit. And, you know, it's funny because I wish I wish I'd prepared before I came in, but we had the one that was on the yes, Shelby episode. Yes, from last week. Yes, but I, yes. I, it's totally left my brain, whatever uh, it is. Oh, I know what it is. Of course I do. It's um, without further ado, without further ado or something like that. Remember, because at the opening of the oh, episode, right. I said, without, I said, without further ado. And you were like, without further ado, without further ado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without further ado. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. there we go. That was a lot of fun. Noel. Yeah, good times. Great. Good yeah. times. Let's All right. Well, let's, let's do it again, Jacob. Let's, let's do, do another it podcast next week. Let's do it next week. And let's definitely get those guys back for sure. Cause yeah, they are sure. a blast. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye everybody. Bye. Bio-friendly podcast. It's a bio-friendly podcast.